Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about culture in practice. With the help of special guest Chris Stebnitz of Stebnitz Builders in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. So I'm going to break tradition here and I'm not going to ask you to send in ideas and questions and thoughts and guests to Tim Fowler or to Tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So don't send anything in, okay? Because uh, I just want to break tradition here. All right. So today we're going to do something really different, actually. We have, we've had Mitch Gray on twice to discuss hiring and training, retaining people one time, and then the second time was to discuss uh, company culture. And he hit on a lot of great points. And Steve and I both in conversation thought that particularly the episode about culture just jumped to the top of the heap as one of our best episodes ever. Now, no disrespect to all the other guests that have been on with us, but it was just such a crucial topic and he hit so many great ideas. However, uh, Mitch is a consultant, right? And Mitch has done a lot of study and a lot of uh, investigation. He does not own a remodeling company or a building company. I think I met him through LinkedIn perhaps and just made that contact. And like, I'm just hearing my listeners out there go like, yeah, but right. Like, how does this work in reality? Or maybe some of you are even more skeptical when you say something like, oh, that won't work in my company. So today's guest uh, wrote to me following that episode and told me how much he loved that podcast. And so, um, and a little bit about how his company was actually doing some of the things that Mitch had suggested. So like I've always said, always in the hunt for a podcast topic, I suggested to him that we do like a response podcast. In other words, let's talk about the things that Mitch mentioned, but you know, boots on the ground kinds of things. So what he's going to share with us today is boots on the ground application of some of the principles that Mitch mentioned. And it's my hope that all the listeners out there are going to see that much of this stuff, if not all of it, works in real life and it works in remodeling companies. Okay. And so let's uh let's let's get started, Steve, and just see how we can all put culture to work. Mm-hmm in our companies. All right. So Chris Stebnitz is the third generation owner of Stebnitz Builders in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Chris started as a laborer for the family business when he was a teenager. He moved into sales in his 20s and marketing shortly thereafter, following an accident that left him unable to visit the client homes. He then focused on sales management before purchasing the company in 2008 from his father and uncles. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well yourself? Oh, I'm really, really stoked to be here today. I, I uh, <laughs> it, you, uh, you struck a nerve with me, Tim, when you guys had that last that when when you had Mitch on. Um, I thought his information was awesome, and it just 
as I'm listening to your podcast, all these things are going off like, hey, we do that. Yeah, that sounds like our place, you know, and and, and so I right away emailed you guys, as you as you mentioned, and just I wanted to thank you for for validating all the stuff that that we've made uh, important in our lives and, and really have has come true in our in our uh, culture. So give us a little bit of a bigger picture of what is Stebnitz Builders? In other words, uh, how many people are we talking about? What types of roles do you have within the company? And that way people can kind of connect with Stebnitz Builders like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, good idea. Um, so we have about we have 25 employees right around there um, uh, in uh, we've got we've uh, 15 in the field, 10 in the office. Um, our field guys probably are very much like many of uh, your listeners. We have lead carpenters who they run the job. Our production carpenters are a little less experienced. And so they're helping. And we have our laborers, which uh, I alluded to uh, having been one myself. Uh, when, 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 you're, when your family owns a company, you are a chief labor then. <laughs> um, but uh, so in the office, then we have our, uh, um, we have, remodeling consultants and those are the folks that go out and meet with the clients then and um get those ideas to the designer the designers uh, are out we don't have designers on staff but we have designers we work with um but we have uh um production manager so he manages as you know ryan you know ryan tim that he yep. he, he runs all the projects uh from the top you know he's kind of overseeing those lead carpenters um, we have a, uh, an estimator. My uncle works still as an estimator. Um, and, uh, and then we have, um, uh, my marketing, my son is doing all the marketing now. So fourth generation, uh, entering into the fold. Um, he's handling marketing and sales. And then, uh, we have our office manager, uh, and, um, our, our director of first impressions. I can't leave her out. No <laughs> yeah, care. that's for sure. So, uh, before we get into some of my questions, yeah. just give us a little bit of a rundown on like what resonated with you from Mitch's podcast. You've already mentioned that, you know, it, it hit a hit a nerve for you. And so just give us a, kind of a, an overview of what is it that resonated? What made you get excited about that podcast? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that, that it was so ironic that I got done with the podcast and went out to go check the mail. And out in the out in the parking lot was our our dumpster guys, right? Uh, Dustin was out there, and his truck was there. He's there to dump, you know, empty our dumpster. And I said, "Hey, Dustin, how's things going with you guys? You know, how's labor? How are you with the hire guys?" He said, "I can't find guys who want to work." And and so this comes right on the heels of this this culture this culture with Mitch Gray, the podcast. And I said. Huh, isn't that interesting? And he said, Yeah, I can't, I can't uh put money in there to keep people, you know, nobody wants to work for this. I and I just came back inside after talking with him and I thought, wow, there's a company that that you know, a great company, great family company, but needs to focus, I think, on culture and doesn't have that. Uh, and it's a and it's a tough thing. Again, where I'm coming from is um people like working here, you know, and I know that because I ask them, I talk, we talk about it. Um, sure. The pay is fine and the benefits are good. And, um, but I think we've developed things where 
Um, you know, uh, the, the the key is are, are people um, people want to do bigger things than 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 what they can do on their own, and to be a part of a group that helps them get to that point and achieve things in life, that's key. You know, the pay and the and the benefits are one thing, um, but um, being able to achieve things that you otherwise can't do on your own is, I think, is huge. Yeah. So you you mentioned this idea of talking to people. And I know you shared with me that the tagline at Stebnet Builders is perfecting the art of listening. And give us some idea about how that came out, because like I have a tagline, but it's not nearly that cool. I don't think I, this is like like a really cool thing. And how does that play into the culture that that you're you have there at your company. Yeah, that's a great question because I'm glad you asked me. That that we spent a lot of time and, and a lot of money. Um <laughs> and I had to I had to argue with my dad and uncles that that this was worthwhile to actually <laughs> do a do a um uh, a branding exercise. Um but but it everything that came out of it was awesome. And and it was and and the the culmination of everything was this tagline of of perfecting the art of listening. Um, but but then it, what did we do with it then? Um, we went through the rest of the company. We said, well, how are we listening here? Um, and I went through a whole thing in our in our in our uh, job description and and the life cycle of of, of a lead. And and there were perf- uh, uh, procedural listening action items. I called them. And wow. So how do we? What do we do at this stage of the of the game to to show that we're listening? And there's a listening opportunity. How do we take advantage of it? So we went through that exercise um, years ago, um, and it's just continued on where where we get more and more ideas. And but everybody that comes in here is inundated with the idea of listening, um, and it's really has um, it, it really has um, what's the word? It, it's infiltrated, if you will our interpersonal communication as a team too. Right. It's not just listening to the client, but listening to your teammate, listening to, you know, a, a vendor that comes in, listening to the UPS guy, what's going on, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different facets to it. And it, it seems so simple. I get it. It is a simple line, but there's so much depth and so much, uh, uh, so many things we can, we can work from on that, that uh, that's what excited us about it. So I really like this idea of infiltrated because it's really hard, you know, to to just walk around and tell people you have to listen, you have to listen, (laughs) you have to listen. But the idea that as you've worked at listening to clients that you've started listening internally is is huge. So, Mitch, I ask Mitch to define culture because culture like to me is much more clear now, but it's like Mm -hmm. almost like the twilight zone. What is what is it? Maybe people don't remember the twilight. So maybe that's a dated reference right there. How about that? But anyway, so he defined it as a belonging and being inspired to greatness. And so I'm just kind of your reaction to that. And what do you think you're doing there at Stebnitz Builders that kind of encapsulates that or maybe maybe your definition of culture? Yeah, I think he's spot on. I like I liked his definition. I've got a couple things in here that I wrote down that I I wanted to remember, and that was one of them. And um, but I think that you know culture also goes to what you know what 
how, how do we interact together internally, you know, and, and, um, you know, as we talked about the, the clients, um, their goals, part of listening, again, and, and what we talk about here is the right questions to ask. It's good to listen, but sometimes you got to have the right answer, the right questions to ask to get the answers you're going to listen to. So we talk a lot about that and and getting that information. Um, but no, as a, as a group, uh, um, uh, it it has it's it's moved into in, into how we deal with each other as teammates and and uh, and how to make the process better. Um, the uh, the one thing it does do is it accentuates when you're not listening. <laughs> okay. What do you mean by that? Well, when it doesn't happen, it's abundantly clear when it doesn't happen. You know, you're, you see it like, oh my gosh, come on. You know, I just, we just talked and it isn't about like, Hey, I said this and you, under, you didn't, uh, you didn't hear physically. It's, understanding and asking the additional questions to 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 care enough to understand those things um so it's um i i think that we've we've had a we've had a really good um uh build up of our team over the years in order to and and as those as new people are coming on um being able to talk about that and they're bringing their in ideas on it too and, and changing that so what do you see that would say that would demonstrate because I think uh, one of the things that I asked Mitch specifically was like, what are some of the basics of of good culture? And he mentioned four things, and I'm just going to admit right now I'm I'm missing one of them in my my feeble brain. But the other three were like that people's emotions are valued. Uh, you see job performance going up when culture is good, coming down when culture is poor, and then attitudes, the same attitudes and aptitude changes. Those are the things that I I wrote down. So give us a little bit of a take on Stebnitz about how you see, how you kind of measure that we've got a good culture. Um, we, have, we have goals that we set up and each of those goals, you know, the small things build up and get and get bigger. And finally, we get into sales and things. Um, and I think when I when we start, and it's not just me, I see it, but but we talk about it as teams. Um, when things work, right? Like, yeah, that really that that was a good meeting, or that you know we set that up well, or um, this is a really good client, or. When it doesn't work, when, you know uh, why it didn't, and how do we how do we turn this around next time? Um, it, it, you know, it's it, and it's constant. It's whether it's in production with with Ryan or or if it's our um, if it's our leads that are coming in and meeting with them in in our our, our showroom here. Um, this or simply just again, we talk about the interpersonal. What what are we trying to achieve, and are those things happening here? Um, you know, because those are those are the goals that we've set a, set aside for ourselves. Um, and if we're not achieving them, we're not. You know, we we go back and identify why that is, and and you know, re reset things in order to try and get there. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. So let me dig a little bit deeper on it because um, yeah. you mentioned that you took the time. Now you have 25 people in the company. Let's just, yeah. we'll keep it. So there's 24 other than yourself. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you've 
like had lunch with every team member. Oh yeah. And I'm just, if you could give us like a picture of what is, what is that conversation like that, that, you know, not the agenda necessarily, but what are you trying to achieve in that, that time uh, with that team member? Yeah. Um, My goal is to, is to understand where they're at in life right now. What's happening? What's good? What's going on? That's good in your life. What's not happening um, here at this at, in in uh, business? Because you know they're they're spending a third of their life with us, right? right? And so I'd kind of like to know if what we're doing is working. And and they have, I mean, everybody on this team, everybody's got an opportunity to to um, to add input and and perspective. There's the word. Uh, to add perspective as to how things are going, where where we're supposed to be at, um, what we've talked about, what our goals are, and then when we're when we're hitting it, when we're not hitting it. Um, but I spend a lot of time. We just talk about what's going on in your life. Tell me more. I can't I can't be with everybody every all the time every day. Um, uh, so this gives this affords me an opportunity to do that. So. You grew up in the company there. I suspect there are some lead carpenters that, uh, you know, were carpenters or even lead carpenters when you were, you know, growing up. I think you have some long term uh, team members. Kind of set yourself aside from that. Let's just pretend like you're a brand new business owner or you have been a business owner only and you have team members. How do you approach getting them to? tell you how things are really going. Do you have any ideas about, you know, like you're going to ask the question, like, how are things going in life? And, and I'm, uh, let's just suppose I'm 55. I'm going to go good, man. See ya. And then, and then, then you're going to say, well, is there anything we can do to help you? And you like, yeah, more money. <laughs> and so how do we get past sort of that, you know, quick response and find out what's really going on. So they feel heard. They feel, appreciated they feel like this was a real conversation not just the boss you know i don't know filling a time slot or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah it starts with trust and you got to build that with your team that that you're there for a reason and and that reason is going to help them going to help the the company going to help our clients um if they believe and feel that um, they're going to be much uh, more apt to open up and offer those suggestions. Um, you know, one of the things you, you asked me, and I, 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 I neglected to get into this yet, but one of the things you asked me is, how do I know it's working? Yeah. Um, well, one of these unplanned tests that I just had, uh, that we just had with this, I, I had uh, um, some surgery. So I was out of the office for six weeks, right? Um, everything went on just fine without me. <laughs> <laughs> I know we as owners like to think that we are the reason we're all here, uh, but we're not. Um, uh, they, the, the, the thing I am constantly um, recognizing is that the people I have on this team do their jobs so much better than I ever could. And and in order to understand that, make sure we're all in the right direction to meet and talk and discuss and, and understand what's happening and, and to listen, to just 
you know, sometimes in our meetings with, with you know, we'll go over with uh, our leads to listen to to uh, um, our, our uh, remodeling consultants. How's it going with these leads? Tell me about it. Where are they at? Just tell me what you're doing. And I just sit back and listen to how they talk through it. And then I'm I'm uh, I'm as amazed as I am watching these guys do build what they do out in the field. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I think there's a real subtlety, though, to actually them believing that uh, the boss can't do what they do, because many, many business owners, unlike yourself, are able to be out on the job and they were out on the job recently, you know, building things and stuff like that. And they'll say things like, hey, these guys can do it better than I could. But sometimes I don't think we believe it. I think sometimes it, it doesn't come across that humbly. It's just just a, a wording. So I think that idea of trust is really uh, a big deal in there. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about killers. I, I asked uh, Mitch specifically, like, what are some of the things that that kill good culture? Because I think we all want it. And in many cases, maybe just like I alluded to just now, business owners are trying their best. But just being something, doing something really is a killer. And and what I wrote down on my notes was just uh, he named three specific things. One was demanding leadership. Uh, and the second one, I wrote it down as ignorant leadership. And I think what he meant was sort of just letting things happen as opposed to really leading. And then the last one was gossip. And that just really uh, that hit me really hard. Uh, and so I'm just kind of curious, Chris, uh, your view of the killers that are out there in terms of of culture. I I couldn't agree more with what he listed. Um, demanding leadership is is like completely opposite of what I am. Right. Um, I I am not a top down manager, um, not at all. And I know there's some old school uh, owners out there. Uh, you know, my my family being probably one of them, although they've seen me succeed. So they're probably not that that critical of it. But early on, it wasn't as uh, wasn't as warmly accepted as it is today, probably. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was I got to be on top of you in order to make sure that you get your job done by this time. You know, it's I, I can't do that. And so I think that's a that's a huge culture killer. If you are the only reason this company succeeds. You're never going to build a culture that way. Right. That's um, a great way to say it. I love that's like a quote that uh, ought to be on the wall somewhere. <laughs> you can that's use a it. Great, Feel that's free a to great put that statement. up on your wall. Yeah, if, if you get one, take a picture of it and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, good. Um, and then, you know, we talk about um, what was the second one he said was uh, uh, ignorant leadership. Oh, yeah, ignorant leadership. And, and, you know, again, it's recognizing you can't fill everything. You can't know everything. Um, so, um, you know, the what are these? You know, whatever. I don't quote that. But the, the idea is that I don't know everything. So I want to come to you with a question, with a ready to get an answer. And, and let's talk about that answer. What does it mean? How do we get there? Um, certainly, I know things and I'm going to have my opinion on things. But I. Right. There aren't many times that I lead with that. Of this is I am right, and we need to get to where I'm at rather than get to where we need to be. Okay, good. Uh, and I think a, gossip. Oh my yeah. god, there's <laughs> nothing that nothing that uh, 
grinds my beans more than having to listen to gossip. And it's just a waste of time. It's such a waste of energy. Um, and I, I think if you don't call it out when it happens, um, and I had a situation where I did that um, not so long ago, um, you know, we all make mistakes and, and we find ourselves in that situation. And it wasn't a big deal. Me and this other person, we sat for a couple minutes. We talked about it. They recognized that, oh, yeah, there probably wasn't the right time or place to be talking about that. And it was done and we're fine. Um, but you got to address it. And if you don't, it just becomes this just this cancer that goes on. Right. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with those three topics. I, I think those are definitely culture killers. You know, it's amazing how uh, I had situations where, um, you know, things Things we were deciding things in the office, but out in the field, there was just all this talk about how things were going downhill and that we're not going to have jobs next week and we're not going to and all that kind of stuff. And nobody was talking to the people who knew the answers. They were just gossiping among themselves. Yeah. And it happens in the office as well. And so I just I see that as a huge, huge killer. You know, so any, anything else, Chris, that you see as killers to the to the to a great culture that maybe Mitch didn't mention? No, but I think you hit on it is the unknown, people not knowing. So okay. just this morning we got talking about in our, in our uh, sales meeting, we got to talking about an opportunity. We did it in the past. I don't know why we stopped, but but we're going to pick it up again for that reason to understand what's happening is we're going to have now, now Ryan, this is the first he's going to hear of this is over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ryan, we're going to have our guys have field trips once a month. We're going to go to a different dude's job site and see what he's doing there. And, you know, not to pick it apart, but let him show off what's going on. Let him talk about the experience. Talk about this client. Um, these guys only see one job at a time. They don't right. see everything. Uh, we have them in the office. We have all the team together every other week. Um, so we have opportunity to talk about things that need to be discussed as a group, as a team. Uh, but to go out on those job sites, I think is is just it's just going to be uh, a nice ad for them to understand the bigger picture. Chris, you mentioned uh, well, you're third generation, and you mentioned that it hasn't always been kind of the way you're currently doing it. And you know, not that it was wrong in the past, but. Um, when did you start to identify, you know, maybe things that weren't going right in the in the company culture or things that you thought, you know, I'm going to do this differently and start to really cultivate a company culture within Stebnitz Builders? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, somewhere in that in that time period where I started in sales and and, um, you know, after I had my accident um, and I couldn't be in sales anymore, I had to rely on other people's eyes. I had to rely on other people's expertise to tell me what was going on and trust that that was happening. Um, and so I could, I, you know, when you, when you get into things like that, I could feel, I mean, I could see the things the way that my, when my grandfather started the company, it was not even anything close to what we're doing. You know, it was one project at a time. And um, so it, it's hard to compare that. Um, but when my dad and uncles had the company, they did an awesome job building this up to what it's at. They got involved in Remodelers Advantage, which I, I would highly plug that for anybody listening to this. 
If you've not been a part of it, do it. Um, you'll learn a ton. Even if you know a ton, you'll learn a ton. <laughs> uh, and you'll teach other people too. Um, but that being part of Vermolage Advantage opened me up to what some of these other companies were doing and the power of that team, the power of culture, the power of everybody being understanding where we're, I always look back on this, you know, how do you, how do you row a boat with more than one person? You all got to be on the same page. You know, I mean, otherwise you're going in a circle and Tim, you know, like you, Tim's probably hasn't rowed a boat a long time. He's got that, he got a motor on his boat now. Um, <laughs> but it hasn't but been that, that long since I wrote it, <laughs> but, uh, but that's the whole thing, right? I mean, we're, we, if we're not on the same page, then we're just 25 people doing whatever we think is the right thing at the right time. All right. So, Chris, I know um, I've talked about your company in a number of places in terms of hiring and particularly bringing in younger generation and stuff. And I think uh, from what I know of the company, you've done a good job uh, with that. Can you just talk a little bit about how you believe your culture and maybe some specifics that you do has helped you in terms of bringing in apprentices and keeping them as part of your workforce, as well as keeping some of those other folks that, you know what, they could go almost anywhere and, mm -hmm. and get a job. And you've been able to build a team that I think is pretty consistent. Uh, and so you can correct me if I'm wrong about that, but how does culture play into this idea of hiring the young people, which it's kind of funny. Everybody says, we can't find any young people. And I look around and everybody's younger than me. So yeah. I'm not sure where we got this idea that we can't <laughs> hire the young people. Right. But can you, can you just talk about that and culture? Yeah. I love the idea of uh, my, if, if I weren't in, uh, in remodeling, I'd probably be in teaching. Um, Love being with kids and, 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 uh, um, you know, we've done a lot of work with our high schools in the area, um, and reaching out to them and getting, um, it, having a real experiences for classes to come in and see our operation and kids to see our operation and, and these young folks that uh, have an, I have an interest in building and remodeling, um, to actually be in, have it in practice and, and try it. Um, so that's been huge. I, I love I love being able to reach out to high schools and, and grab the attention of 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 these young people at this age and and get them on board. And I think part of what what I don't know. I, I mean, I, again, I know I say I don't know, but I do know people like what we're doing. They they enjoy the they enjoy the um, the atmosphere that's in the office um, uh, when you can. You know, we've we brought in uh, Ryan's had an assistant that we brought in. We've you know, we're looking at bringing in some other some other younger folks to to do some things. Um, but they, they all get, I mean, they all fit, you know, and it's been it's been a good. Um, you know, we have we, like most companies do have the same thing where, you know, you've got your parties and you've got your uh, you know, we do a. We do a bags tournament out back. We've got our office here in a big parking lot. So we line up a bunch of cornhole uh, games and we have a bags tournament. And, um, you know, our we, we're very we're very focused also on on what we do as a company in our community uh, and how do we make a better uh, world around us? Because, again, 
I think most people want to know that what they're doing is more than just earning a paycheck. Um, If we can be out there helping people, um, and again, not just clients, but people who aren't clients, people who are just in our community, um, I think that that lends a huge um, uh, opportunity for our for our folks. And, um, you know, United Way is a big one for us. We have across the street, we have a, a, a food pantry and, and a group that we work closely with. And we, so when we do these events, we're raising raise money. We, we, we don't have inner office Christmas gift exchange. We take money and we, we send it over to open arms or United way. And, um, but, but, you know, the, the most recent one we've done is, is Sam's idea was to have people nominate people in the community that are doing amazing things. And we're going to celebrate them with a $50 gift card to the gas station, you know, the quick trip gift card here. Um, and it's been a phenomenal response, what we've gotten in like, what, not even, what, a few days, we've got 30, 30 nominations already. So people are grabbing onto it too. They get it. They understand. I mean, this is, right. there's a lot of people doing great things. And so I, 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 I would, I would say that that outward focus on, on what we're doing in the community is also a major uh, part of what makes us um, gel as a team and come together. Yeah, I I know people have told me, particularly for the younger generation, that's a huge motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they care about helping out the community, and that when you're doing that, that brings them in. Well, Chris, we're gonna have to wrap this baby up. So if you yeah. could just kind of give everybody a a last little golden nugget, if you will, or maybe just that shot in the arm that we may need to work on uh, work on our culture. Yeah, again, I think just having a strong culture in place allows us to provide the the best experience and, and product for our clients. I mean, everyone's pulling in the same direction or rowing in the same direction, if you will. Uh, we all understand the score. That's something we didn't talk about, you know, what how, what makes us right or wrong and how well we're doing and what can we do to affect it. Um, it creates a, you know, it creates a very specific type of job site atmosphere. Um mm-hmm. With everyone on the same page, uh, pulling together, there's not only a measure of accountability, but but ultimately the jobs are more fun for our team. <laughs> people like to people like to succeed, um, you know. And it's not just our team of the guys in the field and the people in the office, but our suppliers and trades and the clients. I mean, they feel it as well. When you have a group that loves working together and has a great time every day and just doesn't like drop their tools in and like, shoot, here we go. Another day of this job. <laughs> um, they get it. They see it. And they appreciate it. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Taking yeah, a this has been out awesome. of your day. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks so much, Chris. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Tim, um, I've got a bunch, bunch to pull from this. This culture topic just keeps getting better. Uh, this was an amazing episode. Um, so we'll start with you. Just, uh, Kind of some takeaways from this episode. Well, the first thing I wrote down was, what's it like to be your boss, your uncle's boss? No, I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I wonder, I kind of, we didn't get an answer to that, but I kind of, uh, you know, write that, wrote that down. I mean, one of the big things that came out of this, and of course, I have the benefit of seeing some notes ahead of time. It's just this idea of listening. And I love that, that thing that, you know, their, their, their whole thing is about, the quality of listening, listening to their clients and how that 
then gets into the team and how Chris is demonstrating that by taking people out to lunch, taking time with all of those folks. And then even like the dumpster company, you know, it's like who goes out and says, hey, how's how are things going to the company that's picking up your dumpster? You know, and so this is a, a key part of their culture, I think, is this idea that we are interested in you and that we listen with that in mind. You know, I really want to point out kind of the evolution here is, you know, when I started out uh, in remodeling many years ago, it's just, it was much more of a, um, you know, we're going to kind of shout orders and, you know, you kind of learn <laughs> the hard way, but, um, you know, just the thought that you would ever dismiss the importance of culture in a company, I think, it is the most important thing in terms of growth. And it starts today. Well, it starts yesterday. I mean, it starts as soon as you have one other person in the organization other than yourself, it starts then. I think people say, well, you know, I've only got a team of three, you know, what's culture? Well, check in with them and ask them what they think about coming to work every day. And, um, you know, Chris said one thing that I thought was very important is um, he mentioned that you know, he, he's very open in letting people know that they can do things better than him. And some owners, leaders are a little too insecure to say some things like that because they start to, you know, your identity as the leader, that's what you have to do. You have to build people to be better than you. I mean, you know, everybody is better than football than uh, Bill Belichick, you know? And so, his goal is to build people up. And and I just thought that was so important. And for people to understand is your goal is to have people that are better than you, smarter than you. You're the leader of that. Or, you know, you know, we chatted a little bit ahead of time about whether we'd bring up the wheelchair and, and Chris's accident and stuff. And then we were talking through this thing and I'm sitting here going like, maybe the key to good culture is strapping yourself in a chair and trying to lead the company without, <laughs> going to the job site and, and telling people what to do or without the ability. In other words, how do you, how do you become dependent on other people in a real sense? And then how do you as the leader uh, help them? Um, it's, it's even hard to describe, but how do you help them become the best they can be? And I think this was one of the things that Mitch mentioned in terms of culture. If you're working to, to help everybody attain greatness, which is going to be a little bit different for every role, then I think that that may be part of the key to this. Yeah. And Chris, in many ways, you know, with his accident and um, the fact that he can't, in many cases, go and be micromanaging over people's shoulders. And it's built into the fact that, yes, you know, there's sometimes as owners, let's force ourselves to look at it differently and, Chris just gives an incredible perspective on what's available within companies. And you can tell just looking at his website, uh, the people he has working there and, and just the company in itself is it's incredibly impressive. So just in case anybody missed it, the episode that we're talking about with Mitch Gray is season four, episode 11 was uh, hit the airwaves on December 12th, 2022. By all means, go back and listen to it if you haven't already. And uh, let's get busy developing great culture in our companies.
Yeah. So we want to thank Chris Stemnitz for joining us today. We always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.